Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to meet your regulatory requirements while helping keep the evil hacker horde at bay. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to best protect your business and reduce your company's cyber risk. All right, let's get going. Okay, so when we talk about cybersecurity for business, we're now going to talk about the why. Why why are we doing this? What's the point of it? Well, some I'll throw out some some statistics with cybersecurity and these may or may not shock you, but at the end of the day, there's basically to give you just kind of an idea of where this whole cybersecurity piece is going and how it potentially could affect you and your business. So JP Morgan, uh, their cybersecurity budget, and I can't remember where I saw this actual number. I think it was close to around $250 million is around what they're spending. And I think that seems a little high, but I know it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars where they are spending on their cybersecurity budget. Now, JP Morgan, obviously they deal with gobs of money. I mean, like trillions of dollars. So that makes sense. Now that doesn't include just the cybersecurity personnel. That includes their security operations center, their perimeter, uh, all the people that are involved in securing it. I heard there's like a thousand people altogether. And, and as big as they are, that, that does make some level of sense. I don't know if the $100 million is, is correct or not, but bottom line, they spend gobs of money. Uh, it's doubled. Cybersecurity spending has doubled since 2010. Now, from a statistical standpoint, you may be going, that's, that's good. I think that's a lot of money. However, the amount of data and the amount of systems that have expanded in the cybersecurity space uh, has well more than doubled in the number of them. So in reality, I think that's still falling behind. Now, I also believe, though, that you can't spend your way into protection. No matter how much money you spend, the hackers are going to get into this. You just have to just 
decide on how to spend it wisely. Uh, there, one of the quotes I saw was cybercrime in by 2021 is going to account for six trillion dollars. That's with a T. Okay, six trillion dollars is a gob of money. And it just blows my mind that it's that much. Well, that makes sense that cyber criminals are going to go after it because it's about the money. It's all about the money. So at $6 trillion, it's very lucrative to be a crook, a crook that is trying to steal this kind of stuff. However, there's are serious downsides to that. And you might be thinking by hearing this going, oh, maybe I should be a crook. Well, there's a couple challenges with that. One is the fact that if you decide to be a crook and, and be a cyber hacker and steal people's stuff, there's also a lot of organized crime that's already in this space. So the moment you start rolling into it, one, you're going to start impeding into some of their business, and they may not look too highly on that. Uh, the second thing is, is if you do it from a country that doesn't have reciprocity with the United States or other Western country, um, you might as well just get accustomed to living in that country. Now, that may not be a bad thing if that's all you've ever known, but there was a recent, uh, well, I say recent, there was a gentleman that was doing a bunch of hacking from the Ukraine and he decided to go to India on holiday. He got to India and the FBI was waiting for him. So yeah, you can't leave Ukraine if that ends up being the case. And that can always change too. It's at any point in time, their political uh, winds may move and you may end up getting extradited. So cybercrime may sound great as far as from a money standpoint uh, and that people quote unquote don't may necessarily die from it. However, you're stealing people's incomes, and people do. It does affect them dramatically, and it affects everybody. So, again, I've kind of belabored that point. Just don't do it. Um, cybersecurity products and services from 2017 to 20, that's actually supposed to be 2017 to 2021, uh, is expected to be about $1 trillion in spending. So can you, I mean, $1 trillion in cybersecurity products and services that are going to go from basically 2017 to 2021. So what is that, four years, right, roughly, about four years? That's incredible. And that's why you're seeing cybersecurity companies pop up everywhere. Uh, the attack surface, and when I say this, is that how many things are going to be on the Internet that are going to be available to be attacked? They're saying a close to $6 billion different items by 2022 that is flipping incredible i mean it really is and so that's everything from the camera that i'm talking to which isn't wi-fi connected uh to anything i mean basically you use your iphones to using uh the sensor that's on your water meter at your house anything like that so all of that stuff is connected through internet of things so what are some of the low-hanging fruit so what if you're dealing with cybersecurity from an attacker standpoint they look for low-hanging fruit. They're just like everybody else. They're lazy. They don't want to work any more than they have to, and I don't blame them. I would too. So what are they going to do? They're going to go after small and medium-sized businesses. We've kind of talked about this before is because lack of cyber knowledge, they don't have a budget, and the other quote that we've seen before numerous, numerous times again is 60% of businesses that are hacked usually go out of business within the first year. So, I mean, it's it's they, you can't compete with that, right? Um and then the other thing is, as we've seen, and you'll see it again over and over, is that these compromised businesses will be used to targeting other companies. Happened with Target, happened with the U.S. power grid, with the Russians. They targeted a third party uh, that was a vendor to get into our network. So, again, it's, yeah, that should be a good reason why. Uh, we were talking about motivations. They're financially motivated. Uh, the ransomware just from 2019 equated to 11.5 
billion dollars just in ransomware. So basically for a piece of data that will encrypt your hard drive and that you have to pay the ransom on was $11.5 billion. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, ransomware attacks every 14 seconds. Uh, the other big one is intellectual property theft. And that's uh, something that's kind of near and dear to my heart is that it's what do you do to protect it? And there's more and more things out there that are trying to steal our, the IP of companies. And it's not just nation states, it's individuals. But also think about the, the centrifuge. And that's, centrifuge is the thing that goes around. It's the centrifuge. Yeah, something that's kind of like the deception, right? See, I can't use $10 words very well. But bottom line is, is that the deception that you see out on the Internet, if, if I am, you assume that if the Chinese, Chinese country, let's go China, is a country, is attacking me, right? My little, little island in the middle of the Pacific. I have the island of me, and they're attacking the island of me. And I'm thinking, man, those doggone Chinese are after my stuff. I got this super secret intellectual property that's behind the double doors and all that fun stuff, but it's connected to the Internet. And they're trying to steal my IP, those darn Chinese. Okay, something to think about. What makes you think it's the Chinese? Hmm? Could it be somebody else? Could it be the French? Could it be the Russians? Could it be the Israelis? Could it be just some disgruntled dude in Anaheim, California that is using a Chinese server to attack you? Don't know. You make the assumption that it's a nation state. Now, granted, Chinese airplane that looks a lot like our F-22, eh, maybe a little. But in most cases, when it comes to with theft and with these attacks, just because it's coming from a country does not mean it's that country that's attacking you or somebody within that country that's attacking you. It, good example in China. I think it's a good example. It may not be. But it's an example in China. If you go to China, you'll see a lot of Internet cafes, right? They're all over the place. Well, these Internet cafes have got gobs of people in them. Well, what makes you think I can't just hack that Internet cafe, a machine on that Internet cafe from, let's say, Russia, and attack the United States or attack Senegal or someplace else? Nothing, right? So it looks like it's coming from China, but in reality, it's coming from someplace else. Again, deception. Always think about it. it there's, it's always about deception. Nobody wants to get caught. So if you're going to hack something, you don't just be the go, well, hey, I'm going to hack you from my own PC. Bad idea. Really bad idea. Uh, so, again, intellectual property theft. Kind of went a little bit long on that, probably more than I should have. But anyway, that's intellectual property theft. Okay, so arrogance, pride, and also make a statement. That's why they do it. Uh, a lot of times, these guys have got egos the size of Texas, and Texas is a very big state. Uh, they may have a, the bragging rights with their other... Uh, nefarious individuals that they did this did that it's possible make a statement right uh, all these things happen but in many cases that's just a byproduct of what it really comes down to and it's all about the money okay so we talked about other natural incidents disasters man-made net incidents power outages backhoes software error the other thing is software is being cranked out so fast right now how do you know that it's all clean I mean, you're just making the assumption. If you go to the Google store, there's all kinds of apps that get out, put out there that they have to take down eventually, right? Because they don't have as good of vetting as they possibly could. Software hardware updates. So you got the good, I mean, I'm using a Logitech mouse or a Logitech camera watching this. So I'm assuming that Logitech wants to go and put a firmware on this. They put their firmware out there. Now all of a sudden my camera doesn't work anymore. What happened? Well, they did it and they, they basically turned my camera into a brick. Well, that's bad, right? They didn't plan on doing it, but they did. So that was basically something that is an incident that was really not planned, but it happened. 
we make a lot of assumptions that all of this electronic stuff is like almost magic and it just works. But there's a lot of ones and zeros behind the scenes that make all of this stuff happen. But there's, it's very, very fragile. And any of it could go down at any point in time. So we talk about some of the impact from having an incident. Now, that can range from damage of the information. So you have your information, uh, say your 11 herbs and spices from the KFC, and you know that these are your 11 herbs and spices. However, somebody got in there and switched out garlic for tomato paste. It probably wouldn't be a good one. I don't know. Or toothpaste. Yeah, toothpaste is better. And then now one of your 11 herbs and spices went from being garlic to toothpaste. Probably not a good idea. So now that could be information. Your, your data could be manipulated or missing. Fines, penalties, and legal fees. Okay, guess what? Just strap on, big boys and girls, because when it comes right down to it, if you get breached, you're going to be paying it through the teeth for getting uh, legal fees. It's just going to happen. You're going to have every lawyer going to come out of the woodwork going, I need to be involved, and therefore I'm 300 bucks an hour too. Uh, you're going to have fines and penalties, which can be levied on. The FCC just recently levied on some fines on, I think it was Yahoo, and it doesn't matter. They, they, they can levy fines on anybody, right? GDPR, another one, 4% of your overall gross revenue. Okay, that's huge. So all those things are, can happen to you. Your reputation. Okay, your reputation takes it a beating because of a breach. So now you got to explain to your shareholders, if you have shareholders, um, what happened. Now you got to explain to your customers what happened. And you got to have some remediation behind it. What if you don't have a remediation? And they ask you, what's your plan? Uh, I don't have a plan. Well, that's not usually a good thing when you say, I don't have a plan. And if you say, I got a plan, but you don't even know what to do, well, that's where reduced cyber risk is here to help. So, again, that's your reputation. It's kind of a challenge. Uh, loss of critical information, information that makes your business work. Kind of falls on the lines of intellectual property, but if it's a crit critical to your business and you lose it, that would probably be a bad day. Uh, it affects your credit if you got credit with other vendors and so forth, and you could lose customers. Again, back to the reputation aspects of all of this. So here's some security takeaways, right? These, these events do affect every business, okay? D don't even try to think about it, that they won't get me. It will get you at some point in time. And if it never does, you are one lucky person because that it's going to get somebody in for some form, shape, or another. Now, it couldn't be hacked. It could be, you know what? Your database gets corrupted due to Billy Bob hitting a button that he, shouldn't, he or she shouldn't have. Billy Bob is a she. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, so... It may happen, right? Small businesses will see this information security as too difficult or too many resources. Guess what? If you think that, you're wrong. Do not think that way. Now, this is a cybersecurity guy telling you that. So guess what? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of self-grandizing. Self, self yeah, something like that. But I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. My dad's got a business. He's got cybersecurity insurance. Why? Because it's changed. He's an insurance dude that bought cybersecurity insurance. This is a guy who's 70-some years old. And in reality, guess what? That's like so far beyond it. But he's planning for it. You got to make sure you do plan for it. And then view your business as a business strategy and it will reduce your risk. You got to look at cyber as a business strategy for your business. Otherwise, you really are setting yourself up. Um, the other thing you need to think about from rather than just being a negative, make this be an asset. Okay, one to keep employees in the fact that you're telling them, hey, I'm protecting your poo. I'm protecting all your stuff. Don't have to worry about it. Um, it also will improve the information security will help to innovate. If you're thinking about information security when you innovate ideas and how could this be affected by getting a breach, that would be positive, right? So if you're a developer, an app developer, think about security from a secure software development lifecycle. How do you protect your stuff, right? 
Also understand there's no silver bullet at all, and no one is completely secure. Anybody who tells you that we can secure you 100%, they're lying to you, okay? It, it, the only way that you can secure your stuff 100% is to lock it in a rock, locked room, okay? You need to do that. Then you also need to lock it really good. Then you need to turn off the power to it, okay? You need to unplug everything and let nobody in it. Then it's a secure room, and it's a secure network. But it ain't working. So if it ain't working, it ain't making any money. So again, there is no silver bullet. Okay, so in this episode, we went over the cybersecurity stats. Low-hanging fruit on what the hackers will do, their motivations behind it, and uh, other incidents from natural disasters, man-made, and so forth. And then the impact from an incident and how that could affect your specific business and what you're trying to accomplish. And then your cybersecurity takeaways on there is no silver bullet. You need to plan for it. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list, and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.